We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. Stand up and take your place in the army and the kingdom. We recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with the principalities and the powers of the air. We are a ministry of prayer, and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe. We provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other. Hold up each other's arms and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army. So we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go bride! Our soon coming king awaits. This is a WATV disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Okay, so all of you that submitted your stories, we are going to touch on them tonight. A lot of you actually submitted the same stories. So I want to thank you so much, Brian, because uh, we are going to ramp it up. Okay, we're going to ramp it up now. All right, so let's see here if I can do. Um, well, I guess this is good. Okay, how many remembers us talking about this before about the 2,700 evangelicals? Remember, I told you it was 2,700, but now it is up to over 7,000 evangelicals. I really can't imagine. Hey, it's probably way over that by now. But 700 evangelicals warned against politicizing coronavirus urge Christians to take vaccines. They say, we are deeply concerned about the polarization and politicization of science in the public square when so many lives are at stake. The word science has become a weapon in the cultural war. Scientists are vilified and their findings ignored while conspiracy theories go viral. So basically, they are asking you to take the vaccine. And now this is well over 7,000 people. So they say, we call on all Christians to follow the advice of public health experts and support scientists during crucial biomedical research on COVID-19. And you can actually see the full list over here. Let's see, here's Christian Post. All right, all right. Okay, let's see here. Here it is. It's a Christian statement from biologos.org. Let's see how many it's up to now. 
Okay, so it still stops at 7,000. But I guarantee it's well over that. So what they're asking you to do, Bride, all of you Christians out there, they're asking you to wear a mask, get vaccinated, correct misinformation. And this is what they mean by that. Correct misinformation and conspiracy theories when we encounter them in our social media and communities. Christians are called to love the truth. We should not be swayed by falsehoods. We will actively promote accurate scientific and public health information from trustworthy consensus sources and use this information when making decisions about our families, churches, schools, and workplaces. So the deal is, okay, so you want everybody to believe what source? Who, who is the ones that's telling you what source? Okay, for instance, Bride, I'm a source. I am a White House correspondent. I'm reading you the actual documents from the White House. But guess what? Many of the Christians don't want to hear about it, even though it's truth. Why is that, Brad? Because it goes against their narrative. So when you're trying to say that you're basing all this on truth, uh, we can really say that may not be true because it is the source of truth that you want. Okay, so let's continue here. All right, let's see here. First of all, good evening, everybody. Good evening. I have a whole lot of news to give you tonight, okay? So, you know, my news, my broadcasts are pretty long for right now until, you know, I get help when I can make them shorter. So just work with me, okay? All right, the next thing they're doing is working for justice. It says work for justice for communities who have suffered the most deaths from COVID-19. Okay, so basically, I, I told you, Brad, that when we did the casting down of the idols, that was one of the idols, was what? Social justice. This is where people partner together in the name of justice. And they go against God and the, the truth of God because they, they merge with idols. Okay, so then it says to pray. We pray for God to heal the millions of sick, to comfort the thousands and whatnot. Okay, so they have all the different people that have partnered together. They've got the list on here of all the people. We do see some of the president's task force on there, like right here, Samuel Rodriguez. He is on there. Okay, so look at this, Brian. All right, so there's that. I want to show you one of the big dogs, one of the big dogs from the evangelicals, the very one who comes to the White House all the time. She goes to Trump Hotel all the time hosting her events. She has a huge prayer network in Clarks in uh, Washington, D.C. This is on her website called generals.org. Okay, this is called stabilizing the global economy and this is called what the reformation prayer network 
Now, you know, the new Apostolic Reformation, the NAR, uh, she is one of the heads of NAR, okay? So you notice here that she has like about the Reformation Prayer Network, the Seven Mountains. And also, uh, she is on the, the president's uh, prayer team. So I want you to see what she is telling the nation right here. You ready? Currently, we just don't know how widespread this COVID-19 epidemic will be. How many people will it kill? What can be done to mitigate its effects or when the curve will flatten? And no one knows precisely when shelter-in-place lifts, when businesses will restart or life returns to normal. We do know that this too shall pass and that our path out of times of crisis will have some predictability. This is the time for the body of Christ, the Ecclesia, to see the world with this eyes and to exercise our authority via the keys of the kingdom to facilitate the changes in the culture in the wake of chaos. Well, now let's step back a minute and look at this, Brian. When I this about the apostolic reformation okay the new apostolic reformation they're supposed to be the mightiest people on the planet because they believe in the power of their mouth they are dominionists so they believe that out of their mouth they can change the world they believe in healing, supernatural. They tell everybody, if you don't believe in the supernatural, something's wrong with you. Like, what is wrong with your faith that you cannot believe for your own healing or all these other miraculous things? Uh, so we have seen the light about these people uh, since all of this happened, because where is all that now? Where is all of the speaking to the coronavirus? Where is this speaking all that is going around traveling and laying hands on the sick that they shall recover and all this? It is out the window. The main objective is their partnership with the, um, what do you call that, the Israel deal? Uh, I can't, the word has slipped me, but it's the deal where... Uh, they have partnered with Israel Zionists. There you go. It's their Zionist agenda. So if you cannot stand up to the beast right now and speak to that mountain and tell it to go when it's the beast taking over people and you know that technology has mixed in with the vaccine and you're going to tell all these people to take the vaccine, then where is the faith at here? So let's continue with what she's telling the people. Here's what she's saying about guidelines for your personal reflection and intercession. Okay, thank the Lord for creative strategies for the church, which are bursting forth right now. The church is being seen. Are you believing this, Bride? Is this not the saddest thing? She says, social distancing has halted church gatherings. 
yet more are logging into live stream worship that have ever attended the local services. Tech that many church leaders had lightly tolerated has suddenly become a lifeline for fellowships across the nation. Online and telephone prayer has increased exponentially. Online worship is being accessed 24-7. Many are sensing that this is the preparation for the great harvest. Isn't this sad, Brian? No mention of the biblical requirement that we have of being together as time approaches, the end of times approaches. Laying hands on the sick that they shall recover. Praying with people, casting out demons. So basically, it sounds like they are partnering with this agenda. Then she says, listen to this. Thank the Lord for quick, innovative medical answers. The sudden need for vaccines, therapies, and cures has highlighted new and forgotten medical approaches. Can you believe this? Knowing that there we have we did this study last night where they are literally taking aborted fetal parts and and basically impregnating mice. Did we not read that, Brian? Horrible atrocities done to children in the name of science. And you're wanting us to go along with this. Serum therapy is being rediscovered from the days of the great influenza epidemic. Existing research possibilities in the sad bride are being fast-tracked to clinical trials. Repurposed malaria treatments may offer a cheap generic therapy New clinical tools allow us to see the virus and gene splicing. Let me say this again. Gene splicing allows us to re-engineer DNA. And you are a Pentecostal speaking in tongues on fire for God general. You're supposed to be called our general in the faith movement right now. And you are saying that you trust science to engineer our DNA. Isn't this sick? This is absolutely sick. And then look what she says here. Thank the Lord for Israel and their medical technology. What did we discover today about um, another Jew, which is the one who's doing the mice therapy, the one with the aborted feeder parts, the one that is the, uh, not Pfizer, but the other one, Regeneron. Regeneron is, is based from Israel. They're the ones that President Trump took their medicine and said that it was a miracle from God. It is, this is sick, Brad. It's absolutely sick. And then she says, watch Israel. Research there has an approach that will treat multiple flu viruses with a simple pill, eliminating the need for less effective vaccinations. 
Can you believe this on a Pentecostal website from the general where they have millions of followers, Brian, millions. Thank the Lord for those who are able to project forward. Okay, let me teach you something real quick, Brad. You know, I've been teaching a lot of you about terms that you need to know, right? You need to write down that term, forward. In the UN, it talks about the, the forward world that they want. When they say forward, that's part of that arrow deal that I was telling you about. When they say forward, they're talking about technology, the uh, fourth generation, not fourth generation, oh, the fourth industrial revolution. This is biotechnology, Brad. This is the mark of the beast type of technology, Brad. Okay, so are able to project forward and see how different sectors of society will recover. Our path out of the crisis will be different for each sector of society. Listen how she knows all this. Some, like personal care businesses, especially hairdressers, it sounds like she was on their committee, don't it, Brad? Will bounce back quickly. Some will take longer. How does she know? She is supposed to be a preacher. How does she know about science? Does anybody else smell a fish? Does anybody else see? Well, let me see what y'all are saying. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Is anybody listening to me? I'm trying to see if anybody, is anybody even following what I'm saying out there? I'm looking at all your comments and it has nothing to do with uh, what I'm saying. Oh, I'm sorry, Liz. Amen, Brian. Oh, Susan, that is so sad. Susan says, my pastor would preach from the pulpit against abortion, but I know all the pastors in my church are pro-vax. That is so sad. I'm breaking up. Y'all let me know if you can hear me good. Because I've got a lot to say. I need to make sure that you can hear me tonight. Well... The audio keeps going in and out.
internet okay I'm, i do have it plugged in okay y'all can hear sound goes in and out all right let's see Okay, uh, it's perfect. You can hear me good. Okay. All right, well, let's continue here. Sadly, there will also be businesses which could possibly fall or fail. Pray for a minimization of losses and a swifter recovery. Can you believe this? And these are the people that are known for mountain-moving faith. Thank the Lord for new educational possibilities being seen. Smaller liberal arts colleges were already closing and merging. Uh, look at all these things that she knows about government-wise, direct checks, who they were sent to, expanded unemployment benefits, small business loans. Wow. Economic reset. Let's see what she says about this. We are in a global economic reset, but it's more than that. The world order is changing before our very eyes. A few years ago, European eco economists were quoted as saying, what two world wars failed to do? To change the world as we know it. The crisis in 2008 almost did. Back then, central banks were able to avert this. Now, however, the coronavirus is doing exactly that. It is changing the world as we know it. Post-corona crisis recession is a given in the minds of many. China is now flexing. So let me be clear that we are not seeking a return to the old normal. Oh, no, she did not say this. No, she did not say this. She is saying exactly what the UN is saying. How many, raise your hand. Oh, they are. My sound uh, is still going out. I'm sorry. Uh, how many remembers me reading that document from the UN? When they talked about they're not going to return to no old normal. How many remember? Raise your hand if you remember me reading that. Because why is she sounding like these UN documents? Unless she is a part of the UN. Okay, there's one. Thank you. Two, three. Okay, thank you, Angel, for confirming that. Okay, thank y'all. Okay, so y'all remember me reading that. Now here she is saying it. We're seeking kingdom wisdom to help advance the needed. 
the needed great reset of the economy. We need kingdom people to help the nation move towards a biblical worldview where the family is seen as the building block of the nation and its economy. We need a multi-generational economic model built on a biblical base and a belief that our people are key to our wealth. Uh, let me tell you something. I am in utter shock that I'm reading this on her website. Remember when I read you the UN deal? They're going over to people and it's not wealth. It is socialism. It is sharing the wealth. I am in shock that she is going along so much openly with this agenda. We are entering a true Passover in the first year of this paid decade. What is a paid decade? Oh, Hebrew year, a year to widen your mouth. Rhymes with pay. We are in the new decade of 80s, the year of pay. This year began on something. Uh, they're doing all that Hebrew roots mess. Okay, but the point is, it basically has to do with the money. As we prepare to appropriate and apply the blood of Jesus to the doorposts of the house called America. As we are spending time together as families during this plague, please, we remember him. We acknowledge our dependence on him while remaining under the covering of his blood. We declare that joy will come in the morning as he delivers us from destruction and bondage, leading us out of Egypt and away from its gods. He is our source and provider. He has given us authority, so we declare that our shoes and clothing would the world. She said, we're not going back to business as usual. This is a major global reset and not a pause. And look, she's telling her people in prayer to unravel globalism. And what she's doing is partnering with globalism. Is this not the craziest thing? Okay, so this was sent to me by a lady, so let me make sure I read her notes. She took some good ones. Oh, she says, bless the wealth that is coming into our hands supernaturally, which will cause us to worship him and will allow us to build a nation for him to dwell in. We ask for an outbreak of innovation that leads to a transfer of wealth from the unrighteous to the righteous. See, that's what they're going to try to say is that you need this vaccine because you need to be a part of the Great Reset, people. Come on now. You need to blend in. Crazy. Okay, so here's the next thing. Now, this is an article that this lady sent me. It is by Right Ring Watch. 
uh, which is against people like us. But uh, we need to hear what they're saying about these certain things because the name of this article, look, prayer warriors rally around Trump, prophesy quickie into pandemic, predict great awakening. And they're really doing this bride to mock us. And this is dated March the 20th. And it shows all these preachers with Paula White, all of them have got the president surrounded. Network of conservative evangelical intercessors who have, let me go over here. All my sound is still messing up with the world. Who wrote this article is Peter Montgomery of the right wing watch is Peter Montgomery. Oh, it has to be them y'all because I am good to go. Uh, oh man. Well, I am sorry, Brad. I don't know any other way to do it. I mean, I can try. Let me try this. Hold on. Um, I don't know how good you'll be able to. Oh, I agree. You, y'all can hear me. Okay. Well, I'll keep going and we'll see. Okay. Uh, so let's scroll down here. When it says networks of conservative evangelical intercessors who have been mobilizing prayer on behalf of President Donald Trump and his re-election have turned their attention to the coronavirus crisis. Through numerous prayer calls, written prayer guides, and podcasts this week, religious right activists and evangelists have rallied around Trump asking to bring a swift end to the pandemic and predicted that God would use the crisis to launch a massive spiritual revival. Now, isn't this funny that this is that this revival is also linked to the great reset to a lot of money coming, the wealth transfer. So they're going to dance around and celebrate a wealth transfer and not care about all these people being killed over the shot. I mean, seriously. OK, so. Uh, I wanted to scroll down here. She was pointing out a few things. On Friday morning, call organized by prayer tent organizers awakened the dawn. Morningstar Ministries rejoiner said that God has given us a decisive president and that Trump has taken wise action and taken it decisively. See, all of this just makes us look terrible. On that same call, Alveda King, a member of the POTUS Shield Council, which, by the way, so is uh the lady i just read that general judy jacobs uh they're both on this potus shield even portrayed trump's misinformation as a spiritual strategy king says she has been at a meeting at the white house in late february when there were only 15 cases according to king trump was already taking it seriously inside the media being there etc cetera, etc cetera. Okay, uh, many religious right leaders have portrayed the coronavirus and the fear and economic disruption it has generated 
as a satanic plot to design to harm Trump's presidency. You believe that? And interfere with his reelection and with a set of massive rallies planned for this year. On a Stephen Strang podcast, which is Charisma News and Charisma Magazine, posted Wednesday, former Bethel Church elder and Healing Rooms Ministries founder Cal Pierce declared that the enemy Satan has an agenda against our nation and is trying to take God out of this country. And of course, God to move up. Putting in Donald Trump as our president, beginning to bring the kingdom back into the nation. Impeachment didn't work, he said, and this is just the next attack of the enemy. So they're all trying to say that Trump, everything that's happening with this COVID virus is just an attack uh, on Trump. And then on Strange's podcast with Cal Pierce, which Strange said was recorded on March 13th. Pierce said that this thing is going to turn around in 10 days. We decree that in 10 days, the world will acknowledge this turnaround to the glory of God. He repeated the 10-day decree. So this group, the right wing watch, is calling them out on their prophecies and their predictions. And there's actually a lot rolling around right now of uh, them proving all of the different things like Trump's going to win again and all this. Okay, so let's move on to the next bit of news. I want to show you a video, Brad. I pray you can hear it. Let me turn my sound on. Well, let me, well, you may not even need to hear it, but I want to show you, Brad, that for the first time, the Macy's Day Parade is flaunting an LGBT uh, side. Look at this. And she's talking about how we want to celebrate them this year. So look, waving their transgender flags. And they're all on there talking about how excited. Look, coexist back there. Look. So I just wanted to show you how sick America has become, Brad, that we would put a whole exhibit pushing LGBT. But why is that any different what the president does? He has been sending them across the country for a year now. Okay, let's move on to the next deal. This is in World Magazine on WNG.org. Okay, atheist, feminist, and pro-life human rights for all humans. This is what a pro-life feminist looks like. So it shows her with the female cross, you know, which to me looks like an upside-down cross. Okay, in one of the most pro-abortion cities in the nation, unborn babies have an unlikely defender. Teresa Bokovinik, 38, is an atheist, vegan, Democrat, feminist, animal rights activist, and LGBT advocate. Now, since 2017, she has run pro-life San Francisco, 
It's not uncommon to see her with a bullhorn, a handmade sign, or a fetal model in hand, or at a pro-life gatherings with what? Catholics and Christians. She has a pretty loud voice and she uses it as one of her friends said. But I wanna tell you one quick thing about her story that's really sad. As a teenager, she thought abortion was a simple procedure to remove a clump of cells. She grew up in Herbert Armstrong's Worldwide Church of God. But when it unraveled, so did her parents' marriage. After that, she says she became a rebellious teenager and adopted liberal political views. In her 20s, her then-boyfriend, an agnostic, showed her pictures of unborn babies and abortion procedures. I was completely shocked. She eventually rejected belief in God, natural law, Remember, what do we know about natural law and the afterlife? But she couldn't shake the pictures of uh, aborted unborn babies since she no longer believed those babies went to heaven. She says she felt an extreme sense of urgency to fight for their rights. Isn't that sad, Brian? Okay, let's move on to the next thing. Federal appeals court throws out Trump election lawsuit in Pennsylvania. This is according to the Guardian. Okay, and it says Trump's legal team vows to appeal the Supreme Court to the Supreme Court after yet another defeat, as judge says claims have no merit. This is dated Saturday, November 28th. A federal appeals court in Pennsylvania has delivered a strongly worded repudiation of Donald Trump's latest attempt to overturn his presidential election defeat, dismissing his challenge to the state's results as without merit and backing a district judge who likened the president's evidence-free and error-strewn lawsuit to Frankenstein's monster. On Friday, a three-member panel confirmed unanimously a lower course decision last week to rebuff the arguments made by Trump's legal team, led by the former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani, Giuliani, that voting in Pennsylvania was marred by widespread fraud. So he lost again, basically. All right, let's go to the next piece of news. This is in Haaretz, which is, a, I believe, a, an Islam paper. Okay, inside the evangelical money flowing into the West Bank. A Haaretz investigation reveals that Christian groups have invested up to $65 million in projects in the biblical heartland over the past decade. That doesn't include services that provide free of charge like volunteer laborers. When the first Christian evangelical volunteers descended on the religious West Bank settlement of Harbraka about 10 years ago, offering to harvest groups for the local Jewish farmers, free of charge, not everyone welcomed them with open arms. After all, for generations, Jews have been taught that when Christians go out of their way to be nice, it is probably because they're secretly plotting to convert them, and therefore it's best to keep a distance. Much has changed since then. Yeah, I wonder why. 
No more conversions. They are still there are still Jewish settlers not completely comfortable with the idea of Christians living in their midst and working their fields, but they are far less vocal these days. Hayavol, the U.S. organization that brings them to Harbraka, is among the growing list of evangelical groups that operate exclusively in the so-called biblical heartland. Over the past decade, it has brought more than 1,700 volunteers to the settlement, and only the settlements because as a matter of All right, let's go to the next news. This is the one, this one's according to the New York Daily News. Swans across the UK spotted spinning in circles, bleeding from nostrils, likely dying from severe avian flu. By Jessica Schlaubeck. Man, all these names sound Jewish, don't they, Brad? New York Daily News, November 28th. Swan spotting spinning around, slipping their nostrils, maybe dying from a severe strain of avian flu spreading across northwestern Europe. At least eight birds have died under similar circumstances on the Uberstone Canal in Cumbria in northwest part of England, The Guardian reported. Another nine swans were found dead in Blackpool Stanley Park, while rescuers have meanwhile pulled 25 dying birds out of Worcestershire. All right, look at the next article on Mail Online. British Army's Information Warfare Unit will be deployed to tackle anti-vaccine propaganda ahead of jab rollout. Leaked documents revealed soldiers are already monitoring cyberspace. The British Army's Information Warfare Unit will tackle antivirus propaganda. It comes amid a rise in the number of anti-lockdown protests, maybe, around Britain. The Defense Cultural Specialist Unit was launched in Afghanistan in 2010. The Brit- and this is dated... November 28th. The British Army's Information Warfare Unit will be deployed to tackle anti-vaccine propaganda ahead of the coronavirus vaccine rollout it has been revealed. Now, this should cause us to pause because are they going to shut us down when it comes time to roll them out when it gets closer? Soldiers are already monitoring cyberspace for COVID-19 content to find out how British citizens are being targeted online, leaked documents showed. It comes amid a rise in the number of anti-lockdown and anti-vaccine protests taking place around Britain as three potential vaccines were found to have over 90% effectiveness. So a misinformation campaign sounds like. All right, this is according to NBC News. COVID live updates. L.A. County orders a post-Thanksgiving lockdown as U.S. reaches 13 million cases. 
L.A. County, the most populous in the nation, has ordered citizens to stay at home and banned public and private gatherings until at least December 20th. What? The news came as the U.S. passed 13 million COVID cases. Meanwhile, the NFL ordered all facilities to shut down Monday and Tuesday due to a national rise in cases and after some players and coaching staff celebrated even with out-of-town guests. This is dated November 28th, Brad. In Europe, leaders are warning against family Christmas gatherings and urging people to stay at home. So do we hear an attack on Christmas? Hmm. All right, map of U.S. hotspots and worldwide COVID-19 cases, tracking surges in states across the country this winter, map of travel restrictions and which states have a mask mandate. That would be interesting to see. Guidance on travel restrictions of the states. Okay, recommendations. Okay, city level restrictions. Statewide restrictions are the green ones. No restrictions is the gray. Orange is city level restrictions. And there are recommendations with the orange. So it's definitely out west, huh? and up in the northeast. All right, let's move on to the next deal. As COVID-19 vaccine nears, employers consider making it mandatory. What? This is what we've been reporting, Brad. November 25th by Andrea Hissou. Just a few months into the coronavirus pandemic, Holly Smith had already made up her mind. She was not going to reopen a restaurant to diners until there was a vaccine. She just didn't think it was safe. When she shared the decision with her staff, they asked, would the vaccine be mandatory? She said it would be. I'm not going to open until I can indeed be sure that everyone on my staff is vaccinated, says Smith chef and owner of Cafe Juanita in Kirkland, Washington. The immediate people on the team, you've got to take care of them. If you don't take care of them, they cannot help you take care of business. With promising news from three COVID-19 vaccine trials showing 90 to 95% efficacy, employers are now weighing whether they should simply encourage their employees to get vaccinated or make it mandatory. Raise your hand in the chat if you believe that businesses will make the vaccine mandatory at one point. Raise your hand if this is Donna says, I work for a hospital and there are no mandated vaccines. Not right now, but do you think it will be in the very near future is the question. Yes, look at that, everybody. Yes, yes, yes. So y'all see it coming, don't you? 
Oh, Liz says, I expect I will have to take an early retirement. I'm sorry, Brandon, about my audio. I don't know why it's doing that. All right, let's see. Hospitals already mandate the flu vaccine, right? Is what Heather's asking. Thank you, Mary. Okay, well, let's continue here. The U.S. Occupational Safety and Health Administration has stated that employers can legally impose a flu vaccine requirement on their workforce, but employees have the right to request medical or religious exemptions under federal anti-discrimination laws. Each claim must be evaluated on its own merits, a time-consuming process. But I bet you they will do laws that say you will not be able to have uh, a religious exemption, you know? Okay, so let's go to the next one. This is another type of medicine, Brian. It's called Lucera Health receives first FDA authorization for COVID-19 self-testing at home. Self-testing. The Lucera COVID-19 all-in-one test kit is a single-use test kit intended to detect the novel coronavirus that causes COVID-19. This test is authorized for prescription home use with self collected nasal swab samples in individuals age 14 and older who are suspected of COVID-19 by their healthcare provider. This test is also authorized for use in point-of-care settings for individuals age 14 and older and in individuals 13 when the specimen is collected by a provider. Can you believe they're going to do a home test kit? Okay, all right, let's move on to the next thing. This is according to Reuters.com. When and how will the COVID-19 vaccines become available? Okay, this one was dated November 25th. Pfizer, with partner Biotech, that right there, I'll tell you, Brad. Anytime they're talking about uh okay well let me try this brad let me try this Hold on, Brian. Hold on, Brian.
Okay, let me know if you can hear me now. Okay, let me know if you can hear me now. All right. Okay, now I've got this muted. Let me know if you can hear me. That's better. Okay. Can you hear me now? 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 Okay, good, y'all can, all right. Okay, well, let's continue then. I'll just have to, uh, let's see here. Okay, we will be screen only. All right, here we go. Okay, so it says Pfizer would partner uh, biotech. Remember I told you, anytime you see biotech, that ought to make you question. And Moderna, which means what? Modify your RNA. Anytime you see that, that's what you think, Brad. Modify your RNA. Have released trial data showing their COVID-19 vaccines to be about 95% effective at preventing the illness, while AstraZeneca this week said its vaccine could be up to 90%. So when will the companies roll out the vaccine? Pfizer, Moderna, and AstraZeneca have already started manufacturing their vaccines. This year, Pfizer said it will have enough to inoculate 25 million people, Brian. 25 million people. Moderna will have enough for 10 million people and AstraZeneca will have enough for more than 100 million people. The U.S. Department of Defense and Centers for Disease Control and Prevention will manage distribution in the United States, likely starting in mid-December with an initial release of 6.4 million doses. Now, what this means, Brad, we know that they're already flying them over here. So we're talking the first and second week of December, okay? UK health authorities plan to roll out an approved vaccine as quickly as possible, also expected in December. Okay, so who would get an approved vaccine? Okay, essential workers, a group of 87 million people who do Crucial work in jobs that cannot be done from home are the likely next group. 
This includes firefighters, police, school employees, transportation workers, food and agricultural workers, and food service employees. Around 100 million adults with high-risk medical conditions and 53 million adults over the age of 65 also considered at higher risk of severe disease are the next priority. U.S. public health officials said vaccines will be generally available to most Americans in pharmacies, clinics, and doctor's offices starting in April so that anyone who wants a shot can have one by the end of June. Well, President Trump said that they will have them available for everybody uh, by April. So we do know that is a fact. Now, this is what I believe they're not telling you the truth in, because it says it is unclear when a vaccine will be available for children. Pfizer and BioTech have started testing their vaccine in volunteers as young as 12. Now, I believe that this is a false statement. And the reason is, is because of the fact that they said that children and youth is the third phase. How Y'all raise your hand if you remember me talking about the four phases from the Vaccine Congress. Raise your hand if you remember the four phases. How many remember the four phases? All right, so y'all do remember very good. All right, so we know for a fact that the third phase is after the children. So I don't believe it when they say this right here. All right, so let's move on to the next thing. Coronavirus update. This is according to the FDA. Authorities first COVID-19 test for self-testing at home. Okay, that provides rapid results. The Lucera COVID-19. Okay, we just read that. Let's go to the next one. This is according to IsraelNationalNews.com says, we won't force the vaccine, but here's what we will do. Health Ministry Director claims vaccines, vaccines won't be forced, but Dr. Zimlikin tells Knesset Committee they'll understand themselves. This is dated November 26th by Mordecai Sons. Although Health Ministry Director Hezi Levy yesterday insisted to reporters that we won't force people to take the vaccine, Israeli law doesn't allow for it. Speaking before the Special Knesset Coronavirus Committee, Sheba Medical Center Chief Medical Officer and Chief Innovation Innovative Officer Dr. E.L. Zimlikan listed measures that are being planned to maneuver 
the population into vaccinating as a way of regaining freedom of movement. The issue is how to motivate vaccine compliance has generated increasing interest. Remember, Bride, I was telling you that is what they said at the Vaccine Congress. That is their biggest challenge. The biggest challenge is that 50% of the people do not want it. So here's what they said, Bride. With commentators such as Mike Corona say writing, government won't force you to take the vaccine, but Amazon will, airlines will, banks will. You won't be able to buy, sell, or trade without the vaccine. There you have it. There you have it. You won't be able to buy or sell. Everybody in the chat, raise your hand if you believe you will not be able to buy or sell without taking the vaccine. Raise your hand if you believe that. How many believe you will not be able to buy or sell if you don't take the vaccine? All right. So y'all are definitely well aware. Another thing that will apparently come into our lives starting in small numbers already in January, which is soon, and that's the vaccine. If we're discussing how to create motivation for Israeli citizens to vaccinate, I agree. You can't force the population. It won't work. So what they're going to do, Brad, is they are going to motivate you. They are going to pressure you every which way but loose. Y'all want to know the phases again? Let me see if I can find my document from the uh, from the uh, Vaccine Congress. Let's see if I still got it. Let me look. Let me see here. I think I've got it, Brad. I think I've got Yes, I do. It's right here. It is right here. All right, here we go. I don't think y'all will be able to see it, though. Because it's not in the screen, so I'm going to have to read it to you. Unless I can Google the words and it may show up online. So let me type this. All right, let's see if I can find something. All right, let's see if you can see what I see. All right, here's the report, but where's the graphic I have on my screen? It may be in this gray. Oh, man, they want you to pay for it. Oh, man. 
Let's see. Engaging communities and local vaccination plans, addressing cost, coordination of a national. Okay, let's see here. Here we go. Vaccine distribution. Let me make this a little bigger. All right. In chapter three, the committee. All right. Let me get this down a little bit. Okay, in Chapter 3, the committee suggested that in the interest of speed and workability, federal allocation of COVID-19 vaccine to states could be made based on the jurisdiction's population size after which the committee's allocation framework would be applicable. One exception to a straightforward population-based approach to allocation of vaccine would be to withhold a percentage of the available vaccine supply at the federal level as a reserve for deployment by CDC for use in areas of special need identified through a vulnerability index or to epidemiological hotspots. Okay, then it talks about the storage. Okay, all right, let's see here. See if they got a graphic like what I'm looking at. I'll tell you what I will do. I will copy this and put this in your chat. Okay, and then I'm just going to read you the phases of the graph I had, okay? And by the way, there is the email for you to email stories if you need to. Here is the link of what I'm looking at, okay? All right, here we go. Phase one. All right, let's see here. Phase 1A. Healthcare workers, first responders. Phase 1B. High-risk comorbid conditions, older adults in congregate crowded residences. Okay? Phase 2. Critical risk workers, essential industry, etc. Teachers and school and staff. Moderate risk, comorbid conditions, older, other older adults, homeless shelters and group homes, and jails and prisons. Phase three, young adults and children. Phase four, all others. Isn't that sad? Yes, isn't that sad? All right, so let's continue here. Okay, uh, let's go back over here. All right, let's see. That's the one I just read. Okay, let me go to the next one. Check this out. This woman sent me this article from humansarefree.com and it says words fail me to describe the profundity of this news, how Trump will win. And I think I know who Q is. 
This is dated November 27th. Okay, so she says, let's move on down. Talking about how the president got rid of his secretary of defense, and so now he's putting in a new one. She said, in fact, Esper might be considered the enemy for publicly opposing the president's use of the Insurrection Act of 1807 to put down the Marxist BLM Antifa Democrat riots over the summer with military forces if needed. The president never invoked this centuries-old act, but Esper outed himself as a sleeper for the deep state with protestations against his boss over something that never happened, which served the Marxists. Well, I don't know what she means by that. But the jaw-dropping moment for me was just before Special Forces legend Chris Miller's speech when the young man introducing him to the podium. Okay, she says, I was just writing about him. Former Undersecretary of Defense Ezra Cohen-Watnick. You need to know this name, Bride. And I, she says, I did a double take. It was the same man in my script. Without getting too deep in the weeds, as they say, this brilliant young man began his career in the only constitutional recognized intelligence force in America, Office of Naval Intelligence, which I found so interesting. She goes, ladies and gentlemen and patriots, let me introduce the man we believe to be Q, Trump's secret weapon, Ezra Cohen-Watnick. That is who she thinks is Q. Now, he is Jewish. And let me tell you, I've noticed that lately the president's been firing a bunch of people and putting Jews in office. Has anybody else noticed this? So she says, he was then trained in defense clandestine services and by the CIA in tactics. I now believe to observe them, then moved to work in the Defense Intelligence Agency under Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, all within a decade after puberty. He's that smart. So when General Flynn became director of national intelligence and moved to the White House, he wisely brought Ezra Cohen Watnick with him. Now, let me explain to you something, Brian. See this name, Cohen. Anytime you see Cohen, you need to have your ears perk up. And let me show you why. Let's go right over here. Let's go to noahide.org. Look who this guy right here is, Rabbi Cohen. He is the head of the Noahide Laws. He is the head of the group inside the UN that is pushing this agenda. Yes. See the role of religious leaders. This is him in a video. There he is again at the UN. 
for trees. What? Look at this. Rabbi Ben Kroskinicki on New Year for New Year for Trees UN headquarters 2020. You mean the one like President Trump just did? The one where he did this millions or billions of dollars he's given for the trees partnering with the UN? Yes. The role of religious leaders for building peaceful and inclusive societies and combating violent extremism. United World at the United Nations. UN headquarters, June 4, 2020, rally for peace. So anytime you see a Cohen, you got to be thinking about these seven laws right here. You've got to be thinking about Cohen, the connection there. Okay, check this out. This is according to ZeroHedge.com. Brazil's Bolsonaro says he won't take the coronavirus vaccine. Can you believe that a leader says he won't take it? Oh, my goodness. Dated November 27th. Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro said late this week that under no circumstances would he ever take a coronavirus vaccine, especially not a Chinese-made jab. The right-wing leader has repeatedly warned his countrymen that Chinese vaccines are dangerous and should be avoided. A few weeks ago, Brazil temporarily halted trials for the Chinese-made vaccine-produced Sinovac. Still, Bolsonaro was furious when the trial was allowed to resume less than 48 hours later. Huh. Let's go to the next one. This is NBC News. In COVID-19 regulations case, Sotomayor dissent claps back at Supreme Court majority. The high court's ruling, Justice Sonia Sotomayor wrote, will only exacerbate the the nation's suffering. November 27. In a Supreme Court ruling just before midnight on Thanksgiving Eve, Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor penned another of her fiery dissents this time warning in her view of the dangers of the court's majority position in New York State's COVID-19 restrictions. The high court in a five to four vote blocked restrictions on religious services that Governor Andrew Cuomo had introduced to fight the spread of the coronavirus. The majority found that Cuomo's restrictions violated the First Amendment protection of free exercise of religion. These restrictions specified that depending on injection rates, the number of worshipers at religious services could be limited. Justice Neil Gorsuch concurred, writing, in effect, that It was unconstitutional to have laws regulating churches and synagogues while allowing liquor stores and bike shops to reopen. Sotomayor, the nation's only Latina Supreme Court justice, 
and a native New Yorker was not having it. Free religious exercise is one of our most treasured and jealously guarded constitutional rights. States may not discriminate against religious institutions, even when faced with a crisis as deadly as this one, she wrote. But those restrictions are not at stake today. Now, here's the thing, Brad. Why are they not doing this nationwide? Why are they not fighting for everyone nationwide? They're not. All right, let's move on to the next story. Okay, this is according to blazingpress.com. What is in the COVID-19 vaccine? We just found out, and it is worse than first thought. This is by dated November 23rd. Left wing, very afraid of conservatives moving to alternative media. Oh, I guess it's a video. I wonder if y'all can hear the video. Let me see if you can hear it. Well, wait a minute, let me see. No sound, huh? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, well, we'll have to pass on that one. All right, so let's go over here. i sorry, Brad. We'll pass on that and go to the next one. All right. COVID crackdown underway as substantial restrictions coming to New York City. This is dated four days ago from Fox 5 New York. With high-risk businesses closed indefinitely on southern Staten Island as of Wednesday, Mayor Bill de Blasio is warning of a more substantial COVID restriction citywide in the days to come. So do we hear a big lockdown coming, Bride? All of the south shore of Staten Island is now in an orange zone of restrictions, forcing the closures of gyms, salons, and indoor dining. Outdoor dining is allowed, but indoor and outdoor gatherings must be kept at 10 people. The northern part of the borough is in a yellow zone along with Upper Manhattan. Indoor and outdoor dining is kept in a yellow zone at four people per table.
these restrictions, he said, are just the beginning, Brad. There's no sound. What? Y'all can't hear me. I hear it on there. I don't know why you can't. Well, let me continue here. In the next week or two, we should see some substantial restrictions. I think indoor dining will be closed. Gyms will be closed. I'm not happy about it. No one's happy about it, but that is what is coming. Wow. In the next week or two, okay, that's what he said, the coronavirus positivity rate is expected to spike during the holidays. On Staten Island, the number of people hospitalized with coronavirus has tripled in the last three weeks. Across the state, the positivity rate has increased by 120% for the same time period. Y'all are locked down in New Mexico? All non-essentials closed. Wow. If you are locked down in a state, let us know. Tell us what state and tell us if you're locked down. I'm going to type in New Mexico lockdown. New Mexico, okay. Two days ago, New Mexico moving to color-coded reopening plan. The state announced Friday details on color-coded tier system, which will determine what businesses can begin to reopen moving forward. According to a news release from New Mexico Department of Health, the shift in reopening framework comes after a two-week reset period. All right, well, let's go back to our other news here. Hold on here. Okay. One, this is according to Forbes magazine. One in five COVID-19 patients Diagnosed with a mental illness within three months of testing positive, the study finds. How many of you out there know of someone that tested positive uh, that is, has ended up having a mental illness afterwards? Does anybody know of anyone? Connecticut is pushing the test three times a week. That is crazy. No lockdowns in North Carolina. That's good. That's good. No lockdowns 
in Virginia. They locked down in Louisiana. So you don't know of anyone that has become uh, uh, mentally ill after they were tested positive? Oh, okay, Rebecca. All right. Okay, well, let's move on to the next story then. Hold on, bro. Okay, the man McCaster couldn't fire it. 31-year-old Ezra Cohen. Oh, there's that Cohen guy from the National Security, but almost everything about him is a mystery. This is that guy Cohen. Okay, Los Angeles County officials, this is according to Breitbart, announced three-week stay-at-home order. Three weeks, Brad. This is dated November 27th. Los Angeles County announced Friday a temporary stay-at-home order effective Monday that urges residents to avoid being with people not in their household. The temporary order will be in place for three weeks through December 20th and will allow essential and emergency workers and those securing or providing essential and permitted services to leave their homes, KTLA reported. On Twitter Friday, the county said coronavirus cases remain at alarming levels, and the number of those hospitalized continues to increase. And this is what LA County says on their Twitter. As new COVID-19 cases remain at alarming levels, and the number of people hospitalized continued to increase, a temporary L.A. County health officer ordered order will be issued to require additional safety measures across sectors, effective 1130 through 1220. That is almost a whole month, right? That is horrible. So here's their order. Let's look at this. Safety at home gatherings. All public and private gatherings with individuals not in your household are prohibited. What? Except for church services and protest. Occupancy limits. Let's see what they're going to say about this. All individuals at these sites are required to wear face coverings and keep at least six feet of distance. Essential retail, 35% maximum occupancy. Non-essential retail, including indoor malls, 25% occupancy. Personal care services, 20% maximum occupancy. Libraries, 30%. Fitness centers, 50%. If they're operating outdoors. Museums, galleries, zoos, aquariums, botanical gardens operating outdoors, 50% maximum. Mini golf, batting cages, go-kart racing operation indoors, outdoors, 50% maximum. 
Wow. If y'all want to find out more, you can go to covid19.lacounty.gov. All right, let's go to the next thing. The Beacon Optofluidic System. This is a new system from berkeleylights.com. Thousands of cells, 100 times the insides, 10 times faster. The Beacon system is a better, more advanced way to process and analyze cells. So this is a new thing on the market. In the race to find important cells, the Beacon system saves time, money, and effort. Imagine how much further you can take your product development with a single cell-based workflow that shortens the selection process to just days. Bring the right biologic therapies into clinical testing faster. Identify the cells. Okay, the beacon system paired with ingenious protein chemistry will facilitate a high-throughput approach to identifying highly potent and rare needle and haystack antibodies that would be ideal biotherapy candidates that have been difficult or impossible to find with previously available technology. All right, here's the next one. This is AssociatedPressNews.com. New rule could allow gas firing squads for U.S. executions. This is by Michael Bassamo, dated November 27th. The Justice Department is quietly amending its execution protocols, no longer requiring federal death sentences to be carried out by lethal injection and clearing the way to use other methods like firing squads and poison gas. The amended rule published Friday in the Federal Register allows the U.S. government to conduct executions by lethal injection or use any other manner prescribed by the law of the state in which the sentence was imposed which could be the guillotines. This could be the guillotines. A number of states allow other methods of execution, include electrocution, inhaling nitrogen gas, or death by firing squad. Now, isn't it funny, Brad, that they are cracking down on this right before the vaccine rollout? right before Operation Warp Speed. You cannot make this stuff up. It remains unclear whether the Justice Department will seek to use any methods other than lethal injection for execution in the future. The rule which goes into effect on December 24th, can you believe that, on Christmas Eve? comes as the Justice Department has scheduled five executions during the lame duck period, including three just days before President-elect Joe Biden takes office. Wow. The official told the AP the federal government will never execute an inmate by firing squad or electrocution 
unless the relevant state has itself authorized that method of execution. So let's go on to the next thing. Shielding. I can't let you see this because of the sound. So you'll just, I've already read this to you anyway. Interim operational considerations for implementing the shielding approach to prevent COVID-19 infections in humanitarian settings. I've already told you that about the FEMA camps. Let's go to the next thing. New Justice Department rule could allow executions by electrician, I mean electrician, electrocution firing squad reports from thehill.com. It is just amazing that they're doing all this at the time that they're rolling out Operation Warp Speed. Okay, here's the next one, independent.co.uk. Trump pushing through dozens of last-minute policy changes, including the use of firing squads. Trump. Five more federal executions are scheduled in the weeks before Joe Biden enters the White House. Donald Trump has sought fast-tracked authorization for several administration-wide policy changes before he leaves the White House in January, including the use of firing squads and electrocutions and federal executions, according to a report from ProPublica. The Department of Justice entered a proposed rule change into the Federal Register in August. It cleared a White House review earlier this month, and the president could authorize the policy before he leaves office. Federal executions are typically carried out by lethal injection unless a judge orders a person to death by other means. All right, let's go to the next one. This is CommonDreams.org, published on Friday, August 9th. Leading civil rights lawyer shows 20 ways Trump is copying Hitler's early rhetoric and policy. The author, Brett Newborn, is one of America's top civil liberties lawyers and questions whether federal government can contain Trump and GOP power grabs. This is according to Stephen Rosenfeld. A new book by one of the nation's foremost civil liberties lawyers powerfully describes how America's constitutional checks and balances are being pushed to the brink by a president who is consciously following Adolf Hitler's extremist propaganda and policy template from the early 1930s when the Nazis took power in Germany. And when at times the mob is swayed, a citizen's guide to defending our republic, Bert Newborn mostly focuses on how America's constitutional foundation in 2019, 2019 an unrepresentative un Congress, the Electoral College, and a right-wing Supreme Court majority 
is not positioned to withstand Trump's extreme polarization and GOP power grabs. However, its second chapter, Why the Sudden Concern About Fixing the Brakes, extensively details Trump's mimicry of Hitler's pre-war rhetoric and strategies. I just wanted to show you this because somebody sent that to me. A younger Trump, according to his first wife's divorce filings, kept and studied a book translating and annotating Adolf Hitler's pre-World War II speeches in a locked bedside cabinet, newborn noted. The English edition of My New Order, published in 1941, also had analysis of the speech's impact on his era's press and politics. Ugly and appalling as they are, those speeches are masterpieces of demagogic manipulation. Can you believe that? This is according to... Uh, this is according to the uh, his wife, his first wife. Watching Trump work his crowds, though, I see a dangerously manipulative, narcissistic, unleashing the demagogic spells that he learned from studying Hitler's speeches, spells that he cannot control and that are capable of eroding the fabric of American democracy, Newborn says. There's that word again. Ugh. You see, we have seen what these rhetorical techniques can do. Much of Trump's rhetoric as a candidate and in office mirrors the strategies, even the language used by Adolf Hitler in the early 1930s to erode German democracy. So I thought that was interesting. Okay. All right. What's the next one? Look at this. Look at this. From True News. The one and only Rick Wiles from True News gave $15,000 paying a COVID fine. Now, remember, Brad, I've been telling you about my suspicions of Rick Wiles because he does not go after the Noahide laws. He does not deal with the elephant in the room. So to me, this just showed his true colors. Yeah. True News pays Brooklyn Synagogue $15,000 uh, COVID fine. We announce a donation to the Yativ Lev Temple to cover the full unconstitutional penalty being placed against Hasidic Jews. Who are the Hasidic Jews, bride? That is the people doing the Noahide laws. By New York City Mayor de Blasio for the crime of assembling for a wedding. We also address the continuing saga of President Trump election fraud challenge. Okay, that's just their show. But yes, he did. All right, let's go to the next news. 
This was what the friendly atheist wrote. Rick Wiles paid $15,000 fine for that huge Orthodox Jewish wedding. There was a massive Orthodox Jewish wedding earlier this month in New York City involving the grandson of a prominent rabbi. It made headlines when footage leaked over the weekend showing thousands upon thousands of massless people packed into a synagogue, singing and pretending like the virus did not exist. For holding that disturbing super spreader event, the organizers were fined a pathetic $15,000 for violating public health restrictions. Well, here's a twist for you. Right-wing pundit and professional anti-Semite Rick Wiles says he paid that fine on their behalf. Sure, Wiles has said the Antichrist would be Jewish and that Jews control Donald Trump and that a Jew coup was responsible for impeaching Trump, but apparently he hates imaginary attacks on religious freedom way more than he hates Jewish people. She's being sarcastic there, you know. I'll put the link on here, and you can hear what Rick Wiles had to say about it. All right, there you go. Okay, let's go to the next news. Uh, leveraging existing systems to support court. Oh, that we're already finished. Yes, we're already finished, Brad. That's it with the news today. What do you know? We finally finished after 101 minutes. Well, Brad, I just wanted to say good evening. And uh, actually, let's do something real quick before we get off here. Okay, let's go to uh, local. One minute, not local, but uh, let's go to YouTube.com. Well, not YouTube. Let's go to smartnews.com. Oh, it's only an app. Okay, let's type in latest news. Fox News, State News, NBC News. Google News. All right, here we go. Fox News' Maria Bartiromo gave Trump his first TV interview since the election. It was filled with lies. Hmm. Trump DOJ missing in action on allegedly election fraud. Wisconsin's completed recount confirms Biden's victory over Trump. Wow, so he lost Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. How Joe Biden can unify the country. Trump continues to deny he lost in first post-election interview. According to Fauci, coronavirus surge superimposed on current spike possible 
in coming weeks. There's a surge coming in a few weeks. Fauci warns of surge upon a surge as COVID hospitalizations hit yet another high. The number of hospitalizations from the coronavirus set yet another record on Saturday as cases continue to surge and public health officials warn of worsening outlook with the holiday season just weeks away. Wow. They're definitely trying to shut down our Christmas, ain't we? Ain't they? We don't want to frighten people, but that's just the reality, is what he says. Germany passes 1 million coronavirus cases as Merkel warns of a tough winter. So yeah, the dark winter. A COVID-19 vaccine for children may still be many months away. Look at this, vaccine expert. Once a COVID vaccine is available, don't overthink it, don't wait, just go do it, they're saying. What the world? Biden names all-female White House communications team. Will tap Tandon for OMB. Near attending. She looks Jewish too. What the world? The Center for American Progress. Liberal is all get out. Office of Management and Budget. Who is this woman? A source. Okay. Tandon is currently the president and CEO of the Center for American Progress, a progressive think tank. She's been the advisor to Hillary Clinton and former President Barack Obama. Bride, I think that's the lady I met on the train that night. In D.C., Let's see if she's a Jew.
Oh, she says she's not Jewish. Okay. Maybe that's how you were taught to argue and rebut in Hebrew school, but that's not how it's done in the West. Got it? Hmm. I'm profoundly honored to be the principal deputy press secretary. We're getting a black press secretary. Look at this lady. Let's check this woman out. Boy, she is beautiful. Look. Very pretty girl. Joe Biden, 2020 senior advisor, author, Barack Obama, 2018, 12 campaigns in Obama White House alum, professor at Columbia. All right. The first black woman, first openly gay woman to occupy this role in the, we will have a gay press leader. God, help me, help my heart, help me, Jesus, help me, Lord. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. What the world? Am I understanding this right? Oh, you got to be kidding. Let me read this again. Ah, Coffee said, well, we did have a gay president, but not, not openly gay. Let's try this again. Kay Jean-Pierre will become the first black woman and first openly gay woman to occupy the White House role. She also made history earlier this year when she came, became the first black woman to become chief of staff to a vice president candidate. Wow. Ah. Uh, I got you all saying, what the world? <laughs> that is hilarious. Yes, as in the days of Noah. Can you believe this? I'm so proud that our communications team, for the boy, she wouldn't like me at the White House, would she, Bride? Oh, man. Lord, cover me in the blood of Jesus. Help me, Lord. Whose leadership and stellar instincts will ensure we are positioned to effectively communicate the Biden-Harris agenda to all Americans. Rockstar women. Oh, we're going to check out all these women. Dignity, professionalism, and expertise. Oh, man. Oh, she was a former move-on chief public affairs officer. You know, move-on, very, very liberal.
senior communications staff. Let's look at this picture. BuildBackBetter.gov, the UN agenda. Oh, man. Elizabeth Alexander, communications director for the First Lady. Okay, uh, let's see here. Before joining the Biden-Harris campaign, Alexander was a senior managing director at FTI Consulting, where she led the firm's gender inclusion and workplace equality communications offering. Originally from Texas, Alexandria is a graduate. Oh, I see what the beast is doing. Look at this, bride. Oh, man, this is terrible. We got in a president who said he was a Christian. Pulled in the Christian leaders of America with him while he passed all these uh, deals, these executive orders and everything to set up Biden to steamroll us and to look like it was all Democrats. So what they're doing now is they are just going to flood all of those positions with all of these uh, people in that agenda. You know, in other words, how what I'm saying is, is how they snuck it in for them to roll it out and make it look like it was all because of them. You see what I mean? It was a sleek move. We have been duped, Brad. We have been duped. Okay, here's the communications director, Kate Bedingfield. Served as deputy campaign manager and communications director for the Biden Harris. She served for Vice President Biden Association, Associate Communications Director, Deputy Director of Media Affairs, and the Director of Response in the Obama Biden White House. Prior to the Obama Biden administration, served as communications director to U.S. Senator. John Edwards for president campaign and regional press secretary, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, she don't sound too bad. So, okay, so she's the communications director. All right. Communications director for the vice president is Ashley Ateen. Wow. What does that look I hate to even say what the thought come to my mind. What does that look like to y'all? Ashley Ateen served as a senior advisor on the Biden-Harris campaign. Before that, Etienne served as communications director and senior advisor and speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, the first woman and person of color to hold the position. Oh, okay. 
A team with special assistant to president and director of communications for the cabinet in the Obama-Biden era. Uh, let's see here. And also led communications on President Obama's signature, My Brother's Keeper Initiative. Prior to the Obama-Biden administration, she served as deputy communications director and spokesperson for Pelosi. All right, let's see. So it doesn't say if she's married or not. Wow, it's already on Wikipedia already. Oh, look at this. During her tenure, she oversaw Democratic messaging for the impeachment of Donald Trump. Oh, she is married to Nigel Stevens. They married March 27th in Washington, D.C. She's Baptist. All right, let's check out this guy. Vice President Information. All right. All right. Okay. All right. So. All right. Let's see here. Corrine Jean-Pierre, Principal Deputy Press Secretary, was Senior Advisor to President-elect Joe Biden and Chief of Staff Vice President-elect Kamala Harris on the Biden. Okay. Going down. Uh, campaign manager for the ACLU's Reproductive Freedom Initiative. Previously, she worked at the Center for Community and Corporate Ethics, pushing major companies change their business practices. She's a graduate of Columbia University. Oh, here's the White House Press Secretary, Jim Paskey. Let's see who this is. Oh, never heard of it. She currently oversees the confirmations team for the Biden-Harris transition. During the Obama-Biden administration, Paskey held several senior roles, including White House Communications Director. All right, well, let's scroll on down and see what she's done real quick. Uh, she was the Vice President for Communications and Strategy at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace and a CNN contributor. She's a graduate of the College of William and Mary and lives in Virginia with her husband and two children. So she's Catholic. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Simone Sanders, Senior Advisor and Chief Spokesperson for the Vice President. Let's see who this is. R.I. serves as senior advisor to the Biden-Harris campaign. All right, let's see here. She's the former chair of the Coalition of Juvenile Justice 
Emerging Leaders Committee and former member of the Federal Advisory Committee on Juvenile Justice, where she worked to raise the profile of young voices in the fight for juvenile justice reform and bring millennial perspectives to policy conversations. Originally from Nebraska, she's a graduate of Creighton University, currently lives in Washington, D.C. with her partner. All right. So there you have it, Brad. That is the news for tonight. Treehouse Publishers presents Author and White House Correspondent Dr. June Knight has published 10 books as she traveled the country in obedience to God-serving ministries. Her books are about the Bride of Christ, preparing the church for the end of days, persecution, purity, and spiritual warfare. She even wrote a book revealing the pain and struggles of her own life called Testimony of a Broken Bride Jesus is the True Husband. Her books hope to help families make right decisions in the coming days about the mark of the beast and to choose Jesus over the beast system. Dr. June released four books this year about current day situations such as judgment, technology, tribulation days and more. These four books released in April of 2020 after she left the White House and exposes what she knows about President Trump and the Antichrist agenda. These books reveal apostasy plus idolatry equals judgment and it's for the harvest. Dr. June reveals the great divide in the church in this hour due to the great deception. She explains what is the ecumenical movement, new apostolic reformation, and false religions, exposes the one world religion agenda, Dr. June exposes the new world order and satanic agenda, this book exposes the lie of the new apostolic reformation evangelicals who have surrounded the president and is partnering with the beast system. This book chronicles 40 days of repentance and casting down 40 idols in our nation and church. This book reveals the biblical pattern of judgment and the current judgment. What is the pattern of God's judgment? Why does he judge? What is my role in this? This book discusses now that we know apostasy plus idolatry equals judgment where do we go from here? How do we prepare? What do we look for? What about technology? The human implantation chip, etc. So purchase the American pot books today before they shut them down. Be alert. Be informed. Be equipped for the war ahead. Or go to www.gotreehouse.org and purchase all 10 of Dr. June's books today on sale. If you are interested in writing a book please go to treehousepublishers.com. Thank you.